I guess one of the takeaways from this episode is just like do what makes you happy and don't be afraid mm. to try new things. Try new things. Yeah. I think you know you can say that I don't care what people think, but I need to make me happy first, and part of that is figuring it out, right? Like I can try a bunch of things and not enjoy it. Like sometimes it just takes trial and error like that. But as you find the things that you're passionate about, just keep putting time into it. Put your head down and work, and don't compare yourself to anyone but yourself. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Triathlete Beat Podcast. On today's podcast, we have my very good friend Jan Matt. Jan Matt is currently a real estate finance associate and loves running, cycling, and lifting weights. We've been close friends since meeting at our alma mater, the University of Florida. Go Gators! And while we don't play basketball, eat froyo, and drink boba together like we did during college, we do try to run, bike, and drink craft beer whenever we link up nowadays. In this episode, we discuss a bunch of topics, including how Jan Matt got into running and cycling, his first triathlon, his first 10K, and running with his puppy Zuko. He's also done a few very interesting and inspiring self challenges that include running 30 miles in 30 days and running 13 miles in 13 hours. I thought these were really fun goals that you can set and achieve for yourself and do with friends at any time of the year, especially during these times when pretty much all races are canceled due to COVID-19. Jan Matt is a great example of someone who follows his passions and interests, especially when it comes to physical fitness, and isn't afraid to taste something new, so to speak. He's always stepping out of his comfort zone, keeping things fresh, and through this, always challenging and bettering himself as a person. This episode was filled with a lot of laughs, a lot of stories, and it was really just a great time catching up. I hope that you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. So, without further ado, here's my chat with Jan Matt. Jan Matt, what's going on? How's it going? Good, good. How are you? Not bad. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for being on the show. I know we've talked about before you coming on the show, so really glad. That we're actually making it happen. Just for starters, we met each other in college. Was it your freshman year? Right? Has to be freshman year, but I think we really got close. Probably like sophomore year. So yeah, probably 2011, 2012. 2011 was that your freshman year or 2010? I got in in 2010, so I would say we got close. 2011, 2012. Yeah. yeah. So 2010 is when we met and mm -hmm. uh, University of Florida. So shout out to the Gators out there. Yeah. Go Gators! And I think we really bonded at first through like basketball, right? Yeah, I think that was initially it, and I think part of it is just the the cross section of sports. You know, at the time it was like basketball, and then also like free bowling. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Alley Cats, right? Was it Alley Cats? Well, there was Alley Cats, and then Wrights was also doing free bowling. Oh yeah, the Wrights exam week. Exam week. So. Yeah. I don't know if they do that at other universities, but at UF um, during like exam week at the end of the semester, the rights union, which is like the student union, offers free billiards, mm -hmm. free bowling. Did you have your own ball? I did not have my own ball. Um, I just remember that one of the summers I spent at home, I just went bowling like twice a week. <laughs> um, our local bowling alley had like this crazy deal where it was like seven bucks all you can bowl yeah and then you get like seven bucks all you can bowl includes shoes this was on like a weekday past nine or whatever but it includes shoes 
And then you also get like a $5 arcade gift card. So I went with my parents. <laughs> I went with my parents and I just had this stack of like $150 in arcade gift oh cards gosh. by the end of the summer. But yeah, that's when I like broke 200 mm. um, on 200. like house balls. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's crazy. Bowling is bowling's a really fun sport. And depending on where you go, you can bowl for like really cheap. Yeah. Like yeah. $10 unlimited, the special mm -hmm. that you had. Yeah. Um, but that's just one of the ways that we bonded. Ball is life. Uh, yep. We played a lot that's of basketball. Right. Back in college, before I did my first race, people always ask me, my first triathlon, people always ask me, how did you, how did you train for it? Like, you know, biking and swimming. And then I'm like, well, I mean, I biked to campus running. I'd play basketball like three, four <laughs> times a week. Yeah. That was my cardio, you know? Yeah, and I think at the time, too, you were doing, like, that, that Jumpman program. Oh, yeah. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> so I, was trying to, I was trying to dunk in college, me and uh, JR. We did it for, like, two weeks. I saw significant gains. Like, I went from not being able to touch the rim to touching the rim. Like, grabbing it with, like, yeah. half, half of my hand, which was, right. felt amazing. Yeah, but uh, of course I stopped and I lost the gains, but it's all good. <laughs> then you went full try. <laughs> then I went full try. Did my first try, but for you, were you into like running and and biking back then? No, um, I actually was like super against running before. <laughs> um, I just, as opposed to like all the sports that you do growing up there's just not a lot happening right like <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah running is in the subtleties and when you're a kid you're like there's nothing going on it's common um, perspective very common yeah perspective. and then also um i did track in high school and i mean granted they're shorter runs but i was terrible you know like mm. and as a high school kid like you don't want to keep doing stuff that you suck at right yeah yeah so so yeah i mean that's like my background with running and then for biking um I had one of those like GMC Denali bikes where the, Wal it's, the Walmart road bike. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like they had those at Walmart. It's like the fastest hybrid is probably what I'd compare it to. Cause like, you know, I had a Walmart mountain bike before and I just brought it to UF, locked it up and probably <laughs> didn't use it all freshman year. Yeah. Yeah. And then hi, our friend hi at um, UF convinced me, to get a road bike. And I was like, oh, I'll just get the cheapest one. So I got a Walmart road bike from Craigslist from Jacksonville that had a flat tire and oh. I brought it back. So, um, that was my GMC Denali. I wait, had, wait, hold on. You bought that from Craigslist in Jacksonville? <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean, because UF is, a like, you know, college town. Yeah. The pricing for bikes was, more expensive just because mm. a lot more people wanted bikes it's true yeah so i mean i had friends at jacksonville and you know i was probably going there mm, maybe like once or twice a semester it's only like um, a 45 minute drive yeah. right so i was going there once or twice a semester so i just figured i'll just you know bring it back okay um, that makes yeah. sense because i was thinking like you know you're in gainesville and you're just really looking for sales and like yeah, in no. increasing the radius on Craigslist, like right. 60 <laughs> no. miles out, let's find no. something in Jacksonville. <laughs> right. No, that's not. So yeah, I mean, I had to like, you know, off the bat, I had to learn how to change a spare. Oh, which is, 
like the tube, the, the, yeah, the tube, the tube, right? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> it's a, that's a big pain. I mean, I'm still not the best at it because I rarely have to do it. Like, you know, yeah, not, knock know. on wood, I've never had a, a flat in a race. I never right. had a flat. Or even ride. on a ride. Yeah, you know? never on a ride. Just really good luck. But I think I pinched, the only time I've gotten a flat was pumping my tires once. Um, I think when you, when you take the, the Presta valve and you're opening it, and if you if you're a little aggressive, like wiggling the valve around to put the pump on, uh-huh. like you can actually puncture, have a puncture at the base of the valve. Oh yeah, just the way that the press yeah, yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that that mm-hmm. happened, and then I actually had a puncture replacing a new tire last week, which was which <laughs> just sucked. last week. Yeah, just last week because I was changing tires on yeah. one of my bikes. But, um, I had to save that content for this episode. <laughs> I know. I did. I did record. Um, so stay tuned on the YouTube channel for uh, how to not fix a flat tire on a bike. There you go. But, but it's funny how you mentioned that um, Hi had a road bike and he kind of inspired you. Or yeah. You were yeah. like, yo, that's cool. Because I remember like Rocks, he had like a road bike. Oh, too. yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, in college, the hipsters had the nice bikes. The hipsters, you know? yeah, man. Yeah. They'd look so cool just like riding on campus with, mm-hmm. you know, single speed, their book bags. Just yeah. looks so cool. And you also don't know like how much easier it is to be on a road bike versus in hybrid until you do it. You know, like mm. when when you're riding around a mountain bike in school, you're like, man, I'm sweating just as much as I would be walking. And I don't get to talk to my friends, right? <laughs> but at least when you're on a road bike, you can just hang out and yeah. then, you know, last couple of minutes just jet over to the next class. Right, right, so, right. So you get the best of both worlds. And, you know, I, I thought that was pretty good. But, you know, I, I didn't really do competitive riding. Not that I've done it frequently, but, you mm-hmm. know, I've never biked seriously in college. But, you know, that's really where I got my bike. Did you go on like those, the Hawthorne trail rides? Like, any like 10 milers or you it just was strictly like campus it was strictly just campus and you know like it really was just because i was in um the business school which was far from the bus stops yeah so i always found benefits in just bringing my bike right right um and then i started seriously riding like longer 10 milers 15 20s when uh, I graduated, moved back to Flo- moved back to Tampa, mm-hmm. and one of my friends also started from the hipster side, but <laughs> like so hipster that he actually biked to work. Anyway, Ooh. so yeah, so Robert Roa, shout out, um, shout out. And so he he was biking to work, and we were talking about just going for rides, and you know that's when we started. Um, just kind of started off just doing like the beer to beer rides and then started doing like trails or like you know because some of the some of the trails i know in most cities like we'll have a coffee shop somewhere yeah yeah you know like they just they just know their market right that (laughs) that's a lot of the bike riders that recreationally do it will say hey like let's do a short ride stop for coffee um and that's that's where we started doing it i mean he's probably like 10 times more athletic than me um so like you know it it was like a great workout when we seriously did it yeah yeah when you said beer to beer do you mean like you'd bike from bar to bar 
like a brewery to brewery. So, okay, like, okay. you know, in Tampa, like um, the bike tour, right there. Uh, yeah. So like in Seminole Heights or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a few there now. Um, so that's what we were doing. Like Seminole Heights slash downtown, yeah. which is about like a three mile ride to the heart of each side. Yeah. So for like anyone out there who wants to get into biking, like once you get that bike, I think a great way to just ride is explore your city. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can do it with, with some friends. And I think one of the best ways is like, for example, in Tampa, they had this thing called the urban restaurant, rest, restaurant tour, urban bike tour. I don't know if you did it, but I did it a few times. Yeah, I try. Yeah. We were trying to set something up when we were both in Tampa. Yeah, yeah, but it's like, I don't know, $15, maybe 20 max, but you visit like three or four different local bike-friendly bars. Yep. Once you get there, you have all this like unlimited food, finger food. You have like, I think, two drinks per bar. And it's a great time because you're riding, you're getting exercise, and you're also drinking. Yeah, yeah. Like, And because of just the sheer amount of people on it, you're safer. Yeah. I think that's another thing for like newer bikers is, you know, they're scared of getting on the actual road. Actually. Yeah, Um, that's true. And so when you're too abreast, you just feel a lot more secure because cars will take you more seriously. Yeah. And and in those rides that are more organized, they usually, they usually will have one, like a moderator to kind of stop the road. Mm -hmm. It it really is a, a different feeling to actually ride on the road than right. like riding on the sidewalks mm-hmm. it's like and sidewalks have like some of them are uneven yeah. and like for a new rider that's that two inch bump is scary oh yeah yeah <laughs> right right especially if you have road bike tires yep i think another thing is when you're on a road bike too is like if you just like nick something especially on the handlebars if you yeah. nick something you're falling you know yeah like if you yeah. turn your handlebars that much <laughs> you're getting set yeah. Definitely, like it takes time to get used to it, mm-hmm. especially if it's a bigger bike and you're you're more high up, and like yeah. the frame. Mm-hmm. For me, like my frame was on the larger side, so to get off the bike, I'd have to like lean it because if yeah, I didn't lean right. it, it just, it's like tippy toes. <laughs> yeah, tippy toes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so you said you got into cycling after you graduated, but when mm-hmm. did we? When did we do the first triathlon? I think that was 2016. Was it? Um, but you were still at UF then, were you? No, no. Um, Izzy was at UF, so I was taking trips up there. Mm. So yeah. yeah, that was actually 2016. Yeah, I went back. I looked at our, the photo that we took. April. Yeah, I think you were just visiting too, right? Something yeah, I just like did it because <laughs> 2016 was actually a huge year for me. I, I think I did like two half Ironman races that year. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I was on a roll and I was like, okay, well, UF, the alma mater has a race. Uh, I've always wanted to do it and it'll be a fun like weekend trip. Yeah. So yeah. What, uh, what made you want to do that race? Yeah. I mean, so for me, I think like, you know, I, that was in the midst of me and my friend, you know, doing a lot of Tampa rides. It was almost every weekend that we were doing that. Um, and then, you know, I actually am just like a cross trainer. You know, I, mm. I just like doing active stuff. And so I just saw it as like one, another way of staying fit and, you know, not just going to the gym and lifting. Um, right. So, you know, it was just 
a cool challenge that had some like i guess efficiencies with just biking a lot <laughs> i definitely undertrained for the swimming um <laughs> i think for anyone doing <laughs> their first try they should at least be able to swim the like the length the, the total length. length that they're gonna swim <laughs> all right so the super so this is the tri gator super sprint race mm -hmm. it's, it usually happens around mid-april and by super sprint this is like pretty much the shortest uh distance triathlon that you can do correct me if i'm wrong but it was a 200 yards pool swim i think right? it was 250 250 yeah, yeah yeah 250 yard pool swim um five mile bike ride on campus um I think from, it was longer than that. Because it was from the stadium. It was from the swamp to But you go around. I want to say it's like 10 miles at least. 10 miles? It's, it's at least double digits. Was it? Okay. All right. And then like a two-mile run, I think. I think. I think it was like a mile. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. So that's what it was. Yeah. It was a mile. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll link up uh, the, a link to the race down in the show notes. But those were the distances and... Now you're saying you should have at least been able to, or practice. Did you practice swimming 200? 200, 200 I did. Yards? No, I did not do 200s. I was doing hundreds because like that was the most I could do, you know? And I was like, hey, uh, I'm just going <laughs> to, this is like the athlete mentality is like, I'll just be locked in on game day. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I was just I like, got this. Yeah. Mental I was game like, is strong. Yeah. If I could do, you know, four by 100s at the pool, which, which the race was at a pool, but you know, if I can do four by 100, I should be able to do 250 <laughs> straight. Yeah. I mean, cause you could always hang like one. I could not. <laughs> <laughs> did you like hang on to the, cause I know I my first race. I did. Hang on to the wall. I took a break. Yeah. yeah. Cause I felt like I was going to drown. <laughs> Another thing is like the adrenaline too. Like I'm pretty sure when you, cause you, you, you had to jump in. Like, yeah. Dive mm -hmm. into the pool. Right which I don't know if you practice that during your training, but that could actually add to like the adrenaline and make you start off a lot quicker than you should, which happens yeah, right. to a lot. Like happens just to burn me. out in the first hundred. The adrenaline. Yeah. yeah. You're like, Oh, this is awesome. Right. You, you turn and like, Oh gosh, <laughs> I still got some ways to go. Yeah. And I didn't train turns as well. I mean, I still don't know how to do them. Like oh, I've tried, time. you know, um, it just, I can't get over the it going up my nose. I don't know how to fix it. Just blow out. I don't. Trust me. I've tried. Like, uh, I would say probably at least two hours total time of training. I just can't gotcha. do it. Yeah, I could, I could do it, but it's, it's very sloppy. Like, mm -hmm. um, I could flip and I could turn, but my arms are just kind of like <laughs> everywhere where when people <laughs> do it, the arms are like so effortless. I'll right. get someone on the podcast to teach it. <laughs> You need, you need them to flip in real time yeah flip uh, video yeah. put it on the youtube channel how to do a flip turn um it's actually funny during my first race that i did with aldrin shout out to aldrin by the way it was our first triathlon and it was a pool swim too he was like regularly he would do like a thousand meters in the pool a couple times a week just in his own zone i think i forgot if he was ahead of me or if he's behind me because in a pool swim it's like a single file line, right? And then you go in mm -hmm. with yep. like five second intervals. Yeah. And he did a flip turn, but he didn't go into the other lane. Because yeah, in the pool, so, in pool yeah. swims, you have to snake. You're in right. one lane, you go under the under the ropes, 
Yeah. And then you continue the other way. But he did a flip turn and turned into the same lane. <laughs> Basically, he almost ran into this lady's um, <laughs> That's <laughs> uh, That was kind of a funny story. But shout out to Aldrin because he got me into doing that first triathlon, yeah. which uh, kicked everything off. But how did the bike go on the uh, Super Sprint? Oh, I mean, the bike was the easiest part. I mean, granted, that was the one I had the most training in, but... I guess for me at the time, I was only enjoying just mentally <laughs> enjoying bike training. So yeah, like, so yeah like that was the easiest part or I was just, maybe I was taking it too easy. I don't know. <laughs> you didn't have like a, a watch track tracking your time or anything like that? Or were you just like going at no, it? No, at the time, no, I, I didn't have a watch. Um, so yeah, I was just doing it just to do it. Just to do it. That's the best, man. That's like... Yeah. So you're just so carefree and like, yeah, you just feel like a kid again, you know, it's like, and then the run. So did you practice doing, I never practiced going from one to the other. Okay. So the run was tough. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Jello legs, but I mean, it's only a mile. Like, right. But like, I mean, that's in the context of me feeling like I was going to drown on the swim, you know, like. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. Also, with that one mile, it's like you feel like you can just sprint it. Well, there's no gas in the tank. <laughs> yeah, no gas. Um, but you did it, and that was that was a pretty cool experience. We actually got to race together. Yep, that was fun. Yeah. Um, and like I think that was a good environment to be in. Um, and I think that's true for just a lot of like the run, swim, bike events. And you know, it doesn't even have to be tri exclusive, but. Mm-hmm. It's the environment, honestly, that makes it, you know, I don't know if we're moving on here, but uh, I did my first 10K last year and um, it's actually the Houston half. So it's more so focused on the half, but there's still a lot of runners doing the 10K and just Mm. the environment was so like awesome. Um, Just everybody's like super friendly and mm -hmm. encouraging, right? Yeah, like I, I would equate it to you know, if any of your listeners listen to or go to like music festivals, it's kind of like that level of friendliness where everyone's just like (laughs) trying to be friends with each other. And it's just, you know, like as a first timer, you're like, this is weird. You know, like, why are you offering me drink tickets? You know, that's so funny, man. I've so I've never been to one music festival that is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I, I like that comparison. Cause I, I do know what you mean. Everyone's just like, Oh, so uh, how'd your race go? Did you do good? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause I like went by myself, you know, like Izzy wasn't like there to like support me. I was just there, you know, and <laughs> I had actually biked there. Um, oh, so yeah. I like, it's like a four mile ride. <laughs> I like bike there and like, it, it was just, you know, I had to be there. Right. I couldn't yeah. just be like, Hey, peace. Um, but you know, it was really cool. Everyone was super friendly, like even in the bike check-in, um, you know, and like the energy even before the race, right? Like, yeah, it's like the lines for the urinals, like get longer as the race gets closer. I think that's really an art. That's really an art. Like how to (laughs) approach your pregame peace strategy. (laughs) Right. Especially like for everyone who like, you know, most of these races are in the morning and, so everyone who's like, who needs coffee, right? <laughs> like, yeah, because, you know, whether that makes you number one or number two, you got to figure out, like, are you going to drink it first thing in the morning? So, like, it's all out of your system before you leave. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, 
for what I do on the bigger races, and this is a, a tip for anyone out there who's hasn't really been into many races yet, is to in the days or the weeks leading up to your race, if your race is at seven thirty and you have to wake up by five, four thirty, whatever it is, do that a couple of weeks before, like two, three Saturdays, just train your body so you know how it acts and eat the same thing that you're gonna eat on race day. So you can get used to waking up and you can get used to your body doing what it has to do before you get to the race yeah. or like when you yeah. get to the race you're ready to, to go yeah that's, that's a whole that's a whole, to- whole yeah. topic right there <laughs> yeah i mean like even me like biking over there you know just adds to the race logistics right that i was like oh i'll just bike over there because that way i don't have to find parking so like yeah i win there but at the same time i have to find the bike check-in <laughs> you know like yeah yeah <laughs> Oh, so this was the 10K. So you could actually check in a bike that like is your commute. Yeah. Yeah. So they like, I guess, expected a lot of people to bike. I didn't even think to question that. (laughs) That's good. Save, save gas. But yeah, overall, like great experience. I think I was shooting for like an average sub nines. Yeah. You did pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it it just felt awesome. Um, And also like the weather was like perfect. Um, It was (laughs) mid October. And so it was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. And it was like 60 degrees before the race. Oh, wow. So did you, uh, how did you, how was your training for that? Did you have a scheduled training or you just kind of just winged it? I was just trying to focus on doing distance, uh, on building up to the distance. So, yeah. um, yeah, that was like my only priority at the time. Like increasing your distance week by yeah, week? Yeah. So like, you know, I was doing you know, 5Ks. I guess, you know, prior to that, I, I did this like mini goal for myself of like 30 miles in 30 days. Ah, uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, um, you know, that was just, I think it was like the turn of the new year, I think, or it was like one of my 2019 goals. Yeah. And so when I did that, I was just motivated to keep running. But anyway, so during that time, I was just trying to do like the 30 miles, right? That was in the midst of, doing my lifting and like Mm. biking and everything else. So 30 miles felt like a lot because I was squeezing in 5Ks once or twice a week or maybe longer runs. Mm. And so after that, I kind of just took that momentum and kept training, kept, I don't know if it's endurance up to where I could do four or five miles. Right, right. um, Just on a whim, right? Like, hey, um, I'm just going to go for basically an hour run um which is something that i wasn't able to do prior to that 30 miles in 30 days thing nice um and then also just on the shorter runs focusing on keeping my times faster as well so that's that's really good i mean you really kind of just did it on on like feeling and kind of just knowing yourself right yeah just Mm -hmm. gauging gauging how you're feeling day to day and that's a skill to have because that shows a lot of like self-awareness and stuff because you know some people need like a training program or something like that right um which is good too there's nothing wrong with doing it without a program or with a program Mm -hmm. but um just props to you on just doing it yourself and staying motivated and that was your first 10k right yeah that was my longest run in life (laughs) so big milestone big milestone wow I actually mm-hmm. think I remember you texting me like a photo of you, like with your medal or something like right. that. Yeah. yeah. Would you say that it's 
you know, you really stepped it up in terms of cycling and running last year. Like, yeah. Like so I most. actually even like made like biking friends, you know, like, oh, yeah. I, it became like a networking thing really. It's like, you know, one of the guys that I networked with was like, yeah, I, I think biking is going to be the new golf. <laughs> oh. I was like, Hey, if that's what that means, then I don't have to buy golf gear. Then yeah, oh, yeah. that works for me. So yeah, it was like a networking piece as well. Um, granted, you know, his bike is probably thousands of dollars, but yeah. Um, so he whoops my butt every time, but hey, mm-hmm. it's just, you know, for fun. So at 30 miles in 30 days. Yeah. I want to take me through that because I do remember on Strava, you were just doing like every single day or pretty much every single day I would see it and upload from you. Yeah. And um, what made you, I guess you said you, you were in this like this fitness high. You were just like going at it in the yeah. new year. So what, what made you want to do? I mean, that's a, that's a pretty big self goal because that takes a lot of consistency to do that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think just in life, I really went at 2019. Um, so I guess, you know, on the personal side, that's like when I got engaged and like, mm. you know was really trying to like focus on like growth on that part of my life. And then at the same time, starting off 2019, I was trying to like hang on the rim. (laughs) Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. And so like a lot of like, that was the first change to my workout. Um, you know, in it, like in 2018, I was really just kind of lifting and playing basketball. But as I switched to kind of increasing my vert, I started doing more fast twitch muscle stuff. Right. And so started kind of incorporating running to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like after I, I guess I would say I got tired of trying to increase my vert because I never got... You I never got rim? to hang. I got to like like these, like the third line on that's the pretty, that's, the second line on the fingers, but it's pretty good. There's like a strength to it too, you know. <laughs> like, <laughs> like we'll never even know. If you could get up there, even if you could get up there to hang on one hand. Yeah, is a lot. Oh, that's true because you're you're only using a just a bit of your fingers. Yeah, like right, right here, not even like this, right? Like, right, right. <laughs> just imagine hanging on the hoop like that. Oh my gosh. Um. And so when I got tired of that, um, that's when I started incorporating running. Um, and so my attack on the 30 miles in 30 days was just to work it into every workout, right? So mm. kind of to stay leaner, <clears throat> I would basically lift and do a mile, a mile and a half, maybe two miles after, right? So there was always a lifting component and then the run piece had to be there because if I didn't run four times a week at minimum, I'm going to miss it. Do you prefer running after lifting or lifting? <laughs> um, and I, then running? I don't know if I necessarily wait. prefer one or the other. I think I just um, said the same thing, but yeah. But which, do, which do you like to do first? Yeah. I, I like running. I prefer to run after because I don't, have to like sweat as much on the weights, you know, on like the machines and stuff. Um, And then also I read that when you lift first and then run, 
you kind of like burn more fat mm. because when you're after lifting all of your glycogen stores are more used up okay and so you benefit more from like fat loss when you kick your heart rate up after your glycogen is used up interesting i don't know if that's bro science but <laughs> bro science <laughs> <laughs> yeah the same thing is like what 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 would be my dilemma is when I would go to like LA Fitness to swim. I'd also want to lift though, so it's like, well, do I swim first or do I lift first? And then I think one article is just like basically whichever workout you want to have better, just do that one first. Right? Then, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. if you need to excel in one of them, sacrifice the other. Definitely. So in the thirty days, thirty miles in thirty days, did you do it every day, or you just it all averaged out to thirty miles? I definitely hit the thirty miles. Um, it's just that, you know, I still had workout like lifting goals to mm -hmm. keep up. You know, I I didn't want to like give up a lot of strength while doing it. So you know, some days I just run a mile just because. I wanted to focus on lifting and, you know, keep my legs strong or whatever it is. Right. <clears throat> but did you run every day? No. Right. No, it was probably like four to five times a week. Okay. Um, okay. and then if, if I didn't hit four or five, then I would have to work in a 5k. Were there times where you wanted to, to give up on the goal? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're always going to have that. And like, especially in a 30 miles in 30 days kind of situation, you could always just say like, I can make it up, right? Like <laughs> I, could, I can just run 10 miles on the last day. Tomorrow. To do it <laughs> yeah, tomorrow. Push right. it off. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I think for me, I don't know if I necessarily stay motivated, but I'm a routine person. And so just because I'm up and I've kind of like, you know, kept that routine where I'm up at five, then you know, I'm not going to sit around. Right. So right. I think if anything, I'm like, oh man, I can just work out the whole, like I can just lift the whole time and just not run, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, there were definitely those times, but you know, I would limit my laziness to within the week. If I'm behind on the week, then I got to run a lot on the weekend. And I think it helps. It helped too that you've already had the discipline in like weightlifting because you're pretty mm -hmm. consistent with going yeah. to the gym mm -hmm. and all that. So it was kind of a natural progression to being consistent with with running right. for yes. this. Yes, so. and and like you know, just for your listeners that don't know me, is like I probably switched to working out in the mornings in 2015 or yeah, probably 2015. And so, not that I go every day, but you know, my goal, I probably average to about four days a week doing that. So, so yeah, I, I did have kind of the regiment to just do it, but you know, running still isn't my favorite, but I, I do find benefits in it. Yeah. It's, it's no longer, uh, you no longer have that perspective of when you did in college, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know, I think like when you do different types of runs, you know, there's some where you're just trying to get distance and some where you're focusing on pace. You kind of like adjust your content to it, <laughs> you know, like on the pace, you're kind of like, you know, carefully picking your music, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. you're like, all right, here's my bangers. And then, you know, like, oh man, at this one playlist, it has this part where the beats per minute goes too slow. So you try to avoid that, right? But 
when you're trying to do distance, you're just kind of like, hey, I'm going to put on one of my more interesting podcasts or audiobooks and just get this done, right? And then I think another thing was sometimes I would just use it to like decompress. You know, I think, you know, when I was stressed, I was like, I just need to go somewhere. Yeah. So instead it's like of, the easiest thing to do. Just exactly. Step right. outside. Right. Yeah. So I think that was another thing and definitely helps that the weather is not hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So would you say that in the mornings, it helped you a lot better to get more consistent in working out than doing it in the evenings? Cause you said you made a switch. Yeah. Um, so I, I do most of my workouts in the mornings because, you know, as a mostly lifter, I just don't have as much competition on the machines and stuff. Ah. Um, so it was just much better for me. And slowly it became that like the mornings were like this good time where I'm not going to call it alone time because I'm with people, but mm. it's almost like, you know, social media isn't popping off at yeah. 5 a.m. The world right? is sleeping. You're not getting texts and calls. It's just you and like your goals. And I think like, Another thing that also kind of made me like ease into it was someone was saying like, you want to win early in the morning, right? Yeah. Like if you can get your workout done before 6 a.m., before 6.30 a.m. and everything terrible happens for the rest of the day, at least you have that, you know, at least you right. could say like, hey, I had a great workout. So that's a win. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. A lot of the highly successful people, they all have their regimen of waking up at 4.30 or 5. And just like you said, kind of the world is sleeping. Twitter is now popping and you right. can really focus on whether it's checking your emails mm -hmm. or working on that side hustle or mm -hmm. even going to the gym and right. being in your own zone. Yeah. I've tried it a few times. I did it for like two weeks, maybe two mm -hmm. or three weeks. But the hardest thing for me is to wake up early, you really have to sleep early. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Right. If I sleep late and then wake up early and do that consistently, it's just not. It's oh, just, it's taxing. It's not sustainable. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You can't and you shouldn't do that. You know, there's a lot of studies on like sleep and like the length that you need and that routine is important. You know, like mm. you can get seven at like. I think most people are within the six to eight hour range. Luckily I'm like six and a half or seven. Yeah. Um, so I don't have to fight that band as much, but it's about doing it at the same time. Most weeks. Um, right, right. I actually listened to a Nike trained podcast. I don't know if you've, I listened to like that just started, right? Like this year. Uh, yeah. Like it just started. Not a lot of episodes yet. Yeah, I, I think I listened to like the first one, some of it. Mm -hmm. So I listened to like the sleep hygiene episode and, you know, they were saying like what we're currently doing to our bodies is, you know, on the weekdays, we deprive ourselves, right? That's when we push ourselves to do the six hours or less of sleep hmm. and then we rest for the weekends. Mm -hmm. What he's saying is that it should be like our bodies can handle the opposite, that if we get our eight hours or seven hours during five days a week and then you push your body the other two that will help your body recover much more wow yeah that's yeah, that's true yeah so i think for a lot of people they don't focus on sleep as part of their workout regimen and it like easily hurts you i just don't get how some people out there can just routinely get 
five hours or maybe even six yeah that's just like, like a different breed of a person yeah just like crush mm-hmm. like crush everything in life you know right. like, like parents and stuff how do you do it right. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh they get their sleep we just don't know <laughs> <laughs> i mean i know when i started getting into creating videos and all that stuff i would stay up till like 1 2 a.m just because i enjoyed editing and stuff like that and then wake up at seven the next day right and i would be perfectly fine with it but then i noticed if i consistently did that and then i went on my swims and my bikes and my runs i would get sick like it's a recipe yeah. for mm-hmm. sickness to like get a right mm-hmm. yeah so yeah i think that's another thing that people forget is like getting sick puts your workouts so far back so much farther back than you know just sleeping a little bit more um yeah. and I do think it's worth saying, like, this is not to demonize staying up late. I, I think that you just have to be aware of your body and, like, when you excel and when you can perform. Yeah. And, like, you know, if the, you just got to test it out, right? Right. Um, and you can't say, like, I'm neither, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really just, uh, just experiment with it and, mm-hmm. and listen to your body for someone yep. out there who has never really had – uh, any kind of regimen of working out, like try it out, try work, waking up in the morning, see how you feel, see if, if it's like sustainable and how it works with lots of sleep or yep. not a lot of sleep. And really just the bottom line is, is listen to your body and, and mm-hmm. try things out. Right. Um, so you did the 30 days in 30, 30 miles in 30 days. You kept that momentum, did your first 10 K crushed the 10 K all of this was happening and how was the biking going throughout all of this? Was it happening? Was it just oh, lagging that behind? One, that one is definitely lagging behind. That one was <laughs> like, only if I get asked to go, you know, that was just like, Hey, um, I'll, I'll hit this ride with you and get my butt whooped. But, um, I and mean, this is on the road bikes. Cause I know you got a mountain bike. So yeah. Yeah. So, um, I think soon after, that 10k so that 10k was in october and i picked up a mountain bike in november um because there's actually like oh and the reason why was because one of the booths at the 10k was about outdoor like Mm. activities and that there was a solid trail in um houston and it's literally like two miles from my house Mm. and so I picked up a mountain bike, just the cheapest thing I can find that was like safe. You know, I think I'm a frugal person, but (laughs) I think you need to be safe with anything that keeps you connected to the ground. And so like Mm -hmm. with a bike in particular, you need to like in mountain biking, you definitely need, I think, especially for a beginner now is you need disc brakes and you need some kind of suspension even if it's just the front suspension. Mm -hmm. Um, So I actually ended up getting that. And the cheapest thing was a single speed. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's right. You told me that. I was like, what? I got a single single speed speed mountain bike. And like, (laughs) you know, just going out there and like learning these. I mean, there's probably you could probably be in those trails for two and a half, three hours. Mm. um, Just like, you know, changing everything. there's probably like five colors or routes and obviously you can go backwards after that and change it up. So just the permutations would, (laughs) you know, stack up, but yeah, it it was a great time. I mean, 
the single speed is very tough. For the most part, I'm like walking that thing up. <laughs> <laughs> For those beginners out there who are frugal also like you, yeah. what can you tell them about how you went about buying <laughs> this cheap mountain bike? So, of course, you got to do the research, right? Like, you know, like anything, you got to understand what you're buying. Mm. Um, and, of course, I, I went to like the new shops just to look at what's out there. But I ended up finding one on Facebook Marketplace who was coincidentally like he flips bikes, but he's, he also said there's not a lot of margin there, an ex like bike shop mechanic. So he was picking up some of these bikes and modifying them to or like fixing them back up. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> he didn't budge on the price, but part of my negotiation was that... <laughs> he would do a, like a bike fit on my road bike. <laughs> so when I picked up that mountain bike, I brought my road bike and he did a fit on me. <laughs> what? Yep. So sometimes during a negotiation, it doesn't always have to be about money. You got to see what their skills are too. I've, I've never even heard of that before. I don't know if that's common in like the bike buying game like hey uh can you go lower on this no oh can you give me a bike fit on yeah i mean no, i mean he mentioned that he, like because you know i asked why he was selling and his whole thing was he actually bought a mountain bike so that he could turn it into like a bmx type bike okay but it was too big the frame was too big for that i guess you need a smaller one mm. and so anyway he like fixed it back up because someone had changed it to like a multi-speed and it like wasn't aligning correctly like mm -hmm. the gears I, I don't know too much about it but yeah yeah so when he mentioned that i was like all right you won't budge on the price i've never gotten a bike fit even just like the cheap one so will you do a bike fit for me and the worst part is that i'm too small for my bike <laughs> or like no. i'm on the edge right the i'm a mountain medium bike? on for the road bike oh the road bike okay okay <laughs> yeah so i'm a medium <laughs> And I'm too small for the medium and I really should downsize, but Hey, I'm stuck with it right now. And I don't want to buy a new bike mid pandemic right now. So that's for another day. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, you can always buy a new bike. So for the mountain bike tips, do your research. Facebook uh, marketplace is a good place to go. Yeah. Don't be afraid although, to negotiate and, other things. And although like, I will say with everything going on, bikes are kind of like, kind of expensive right now because mm -hmm. everyone's looking for something to do outdoors. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely check out Facebook marketplace. And if it's close enough to buying brand new, then maybe that's what you should do. Right. I think there's a lot of support from local bike shops, yep. um, especially for people who don't want to rent around the bike shop near me, or at least in Fort Lauderdale, they were deemed as like essential businesses. So I think they originally closed, but then they opened them back up. Right. So yeah, I went over to the bike for my, my tire that I mentioned earlier. <laughs> uh, they, did, they weren't doing service though. Yeah. I'm um, only like selling stuff. But oh, I mean, yeah, I think retail has been deemed as essential. But yeah. Anyway, so I think at first I didn't believe the guy, right? Um, you know, I was like, I've been riding this bike for years. Why would I be too small for it? And during this pandemic, I got a bike trainer. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, I just, you know, with the weather getting hotter too, I just needed to get something, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so I locked up a bike trainer before all of, this was when the gym stuff was getting real expensive. Right. <laughs> um, and so I locked up a bike trainer and 
the more I wrote on that, I'm like, man, I'm definitely too small for this. So it, by being too small, I imagine you probably reaching for the handlebars a yep, little too much. Yep. That, and you know, you really feel it on a trainer. Um, because on the road, there's kind of like stuff happening, you know, there's like people to dodge. Um, you kind of got to make sure you know where you're going. Yeah, there's a lot mind, more going on on the road. Your mind is so like stimulated, right? Right. And yeah. so, but on the trainer, you're just like, oh man, maybe I can hold the handlebars <laughs> like this or like this, or yeah. I should go low, right? Yeah. And you kind of like are more aware of how you ride. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. For those who don't know what a bike trainer is, it's pretty much allows you to ride your bicycle indoors. It's uh, they usually have some kind of a wheel at the back, which you kind of screw against your back bike tire. And when you right. pedal, the bike tire spins with resistance uh, caused by friction with the, the back wheel. Yeah. And just so everyone knows, how is that different from like just running it, like propping yourself up? There's resistance, but also like even if you put something against it, it regulates heat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I do know that it wasn't as easy as you just mentioned. Oh, I just locked up a bike trainer. Like this was, uh, yeah, this, I, <laughs> this was quite a journey. Like, like, tell us about how that went. This was during pandemic, wasn't it? Yeah. This was like at the start of it, you know, I just needed to find something to work out with. So this was, as I saw it, gym equipment, just getting crazy. I mean, you're seeing resistance bands for like 50 bucks. Um, I, I was like, I need to find a bike trainer and, I did find one, but I, I didn't know a lot about it. So I was like contacting you and just doing mm. my research online because this particular one that I found um, was posted as a wind trainer, which is one of the types of yeah, mechanisms. Yeah, types of trainers, um, yeah. And everything I pulled up showed it as a mag, like a magnetic trainer. And I was like, <laughs> is this fake? You know, am I going to show up and is it going to be like different? And so I was just trying to figure out like how to know if I'm buying the right thing and if it works, like how do you test that? So obviously I brought the bike and whatever. And long story short, I made the trip up maybe 15 miles away. I mean, all highway, but still 15 miles away. Uh -huh. And I guess on my way, she had messaged me back and said, hey, um, someone wants to buy it <laughs> for <laughs> list price. Cause I had offered her 80 bucks and she was, she was selling it for a hundred and she said, Hey, someone's offering it for a list price. So I'm just going to sell it to them. I'm like, <laughs> lady, I'm here. I'm literally like at the storage unit. I was just on that side of town and I was like, you know what? I'm already out of the house. I'll just do my groceries and stuff. And you know, I didn't mean to let myself cool off, but after cooling off, I was like, I messaged her again. I'm like, sorry, I was driving, but you know, it's not really fair. Yeah. Uh, well, what are they buying it for? Right. And she was like a hundred, but I'll do 90 for you. And I was like, yes, let's do 90, oh, like, you know, gosh. like 10 bucks, no problem. Right. Or, or maybe I'm even saying it wrong. Maybe it was like 120 and then I bought it for a hundred. I can't even remember correctly, but it was just like 10 or 20 bucks difference. Uh. Right. I'm already out here. I'll just pay it. Mm. And like, that was also, because I knew, or I, I didn't know, but I thought that gym and workout equipment would just get more expensive. So I was like, I'm going to buy it for 20 bucks more because yeah. I think it will get insane. Mm. Um, and so, I don't think it necessarily happened for bike trainers, but they did go pretty fast. Yeah. Um, you know, I was looking at a few other bike trainers and 
it was it was tough to get one you know that's why i had to drive 15 miles out but you know all in all it's a good way of being able to do stuff in these times and you're also not competing with people trying to buy like you know squat racks which is probably mm-hmm. an even more crazy market right now so great job on the hustle for <laughs> finding the bike trainer i mean i remember you told me like i need to buy this now they're gonna run out i need it yeah i mean they were going fast and you know the bike trainer was like a hundred bucks but you know when these are new they're what 300 250 so it was the cycle cyclops cyclops right? mag yeah two <laughs> there's so many versions but yeah it's that's got to mm-hmm. be at least a 200 bucks new. yeah yeah right and so i i don't know that i would get 200 bucks out of it mm-hmm. um and so i i knew i just needed to get something used and just see where it goes so first ride how many rides would you say you've been on like once every week since then or oh no i'm doing like four rides a week right now yeah um just because it's getting hot and the gyms are closed so i I need to do something and i also live on like the second floor so i'm not gonna do like jumping work you know i'm not gonna do insanity in my living room because i just think that's rude so oh how's the noise on it because i know that's that's one factor when you're buying a bike trainer is is it is it loud you know so i think the resistance itself is not loud it's the um, I don't know if I'm not setting it up correctly, mm-hmm. but there's like milliseconds of slip in each rotation, in each revolution. Oh, yeah, yeah. You might need to make and it a so little tighter. Like, so it's like chirping. I think it does it worse when it is super tight. Really? Yeah. It's really weird. I, I don't know. I mean, I've tried several configurations, but I'm just like, you know what? And maybe it's my tread. Maybe I just need to replace it. Yeah, I'm about to say, it could be, your tread might be. <laughs> yeah, it might be time. I, I need to look at Strava, but I think I'm like, I don't know, almost at a thousand miles, I would say, but I almost. don't know for sure. Well, I'll have to point out a video for, for when you change your tires. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did want to ask, I forgot to ask earlier, when we did that triathlon, that first mm-hmm. triathlon, your swimming background. So I knew that you did like diving, was it like in yeah. high school? But uh-huh. that, that doesn't necessarily equate to swimming. Like how Not did you, at all. did you take lessons growing up or like? What, uh, was so all? diving was, <laughs> it was just one of those things that just kind of happened. I, I did track in high school, as I said earlier, but um, I wasn't very good at it. And I finally, I'm going to say had the balls to quit because I was kind of just doing it out of peer pressure. Mm. But um that summer the olympics was on and i was watching the diving and i was like man that looks fun (laughs) (laughs) so um i just signed up for the diving team i mean i went to a small private high school and so you could just kind of walk on right Mm. and the swim team was grateful for it because just having like just from the sheer like lack of people doing diving if you just have a body in there you're getting points (laughs) (laughs) and so they were like yeah come on i mean just just as long as you don't get disqualified yeah you're scoring points for the team and so it just became this like really fun thing and um like i just enjoyed it you know i wasn't great because in diving there's just like there's two types of people there's the people that have been doing it since they were three taking lessons um 
you know, Mm -hmm. their parents are putting them in like these competitive leagues and traveling. And then there's people like me that just walk on during high school for like extracurriculars. Yeah. Um, So, you know, it was nice because there was always someone like you, right? Or usually someone like you that (laughs) was like super simple, probably would mess up most of their stuff. Just, you know, just out there having fun. And I think that was when I first learned to like, to just do your own thing athletically, you know, like, yeah, I I think in track, I was just like, Oh, I gotta be good because like my cousins are good. And like, you Mm. know, I want to be just as good as them or, you know, it was like a cool thing to do, but with diving, it was like, I enjoy this and I'm getting better every day. So I'm just going to keep doing it because I'm enjoying it. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm still getting better. I still have goals. Um, Yeah. But, you know, I like it. My heart is in it. Nice. That's good stuff. (laughs) It takes a lot to kind of break from the mold and everyone's doing track. Everyone's doing it. It's cool. And then they all say the best things in life are on the other side of fear where it might've not been fear. It might've been curiosity, but it was something new that um, you took on as a challenge and then Mm -hmm. you ended up really liking it. Mm-hmm. And that right. kind of reminds me of when I was in high school too. Of course, basketball was the main thing. Uh, I did JV for two years and then varsity came up junior year. And the coach told us to do cross country for training. <laughs> <laughs> so Nerds. I started doing cross country and then I'm like, wow, well, this is actually pretty fun. You know, going, <laughs> going out to school, running downtown Miami, all over the city. And I actually right. liked it a lot and right. really enjoyed it. And I didn't continue to do varsity basketball because, well, one, I, I never got any playing time. <laughs> <laughs> the guys are just so much better than me. But right. now I was also a lot busier um, with like classes and stuff. But I ended up liking cross country. And to this day, you know, it's really where my, my running got started. So, right. yeah, for anyone out there, if everyone's doing a sport and you feel like you're doing it just to be cool, that's cool too, but if you have a curiosity or an interest in something else, whether it yeah. be running or diving because you yeah. saw the Olympics, right. just do it. Yeah, just try it out. You know, like if you can do it, then do it. Especially if you're like younger and in high school where you can do that. Mm-hmm. Like for, for us to sign up for diving classes would be astronomical per hour probably. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah. Like it'd probably be like $1,000 a month to do two workouts a week. <sighs> I was about to say, did you have a pool like in school or did you guys have a... We shared a pool with our sister school. Um, okay. And so we just go over there after practice or after school. Yeah. yeah. But you, you didn't have to pay a... You know, yeah. 30, I mean, I think like I had to pay like a student participation fee of like 50 bucks or whatever. But yeah. Yeah. You know, no one's going to coach a 28 year old <laughs> diving <laughs> Right. So when you're in high school or even college, take advantage of like, you know, club sports, clubs, yeah. facilities, intramurals, mm-hmm. right. um, the gyms, because like, yep. like we always say, or what I always say, it's like when you graduate and you get into the real world, it's so much harder to get a group of friends together to just go and play basketball on a right. Friday night mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. Or even just hit workouts, you know? Yeah. So recently I want to get into this half marathon that you did. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or shall yeah. I say 13 miles in one day? Yeah. So yeah, I, we, just re- I just remember <laughs> seeing, I didn't, I, I don't know why that was like a busy week for me, but I just remember 
seeing your, your Instagram stories where you would run a, <laughs> mile, run a mile and then come inside and then run another, <laughs> another mile. So, so take us through this. What was this all about? This was literally about nothing. So um, a couple of my good friends, um, Christina and Gina, you know, Gina had seen someone do 26 miles in 26 hours on TikTok. Um, <laughs> TikTok. Yeah, TikTok. And, you know, <laughs> we're, that like circle is just kind of like, you know, we like being active. So really it all kind of started with, wouldn't it be funny if we did that? <laughs> and so we're like, I mean, I'm not going to do 26, but 13. Mm-hmm. I can do 13. And, you know, I also had work the next day. I wasn't going to stay up oh, for 26 hours. So um, we did 13 and it just became this kind of thing where, you know, we would invite people to run with us, right? Like, obviously you start with the 13 miles, but most people would say no. And, um, you know, you kind of just say, hey, like, will you run the next mile with me? I, I start at the top of the hour every hour. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, my initial thought was that I could hop on calls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that I could call people and catch up with them during that mile. But man, it is tiring <laughs> to talk and run. Did anyone talk with you during I did. I, I had one run where I was on the phone the whole time and I actually ran too far. I ran like a mile and a quarter. Um, and then it was also just tough, you know, like I'm like heaving through it. Um, AirPods, how are you calling it? Yeah. So I do have AirPods now. Oh. I, I think that the pros don't fit as well as the regulars, mm-hmm. but I needed the noise canceling. And so, you know, it was just this thing where we just wanted to have fun and 13 miles in 13 hours, <laughs> seemed like a thing to do um and honestly the running a mile an hour is not that much of a challenge right uh-huh. you like especially if you're reasonably fit the recovery is there it's more of like how much it burns up of your day <laughs> it's the whole day <laughs> right yeah because let's just say you run a mile in 10 minutes even say 15 for like to get out there set up and then run mm. you really only have 45 minute blocks to do stuff that's yeah, true and well you, so were, you were doing it in like 8 30 or like 8 50 right sub nine uh, yeah sub nine yeah nine. i was doing like sub nines and some were faster than others mm. um and so I, I didn't necessarily plan this but i had to eat in smaller batches you know like i couldn't mm. eat a full meal because right. i wouldn't have digested by then um and then just in general doing stuff in 45 minute windows is not super productive Mm. or it takes a while to get in the groove. And Mm. so the first six miles I probably just walked in, stretched and posted on Instagram and didn't do anything. But after that you could kind of like just lock in, read a book for 40 minutes and then head out, you know? So it, it was easier to just get in the groove and wow. kind of like be focused. But yeah, I would say the hard part of that challenge was just doing anything. You know, when I was cooking, I like chop, I, I prepped everything and okay. then I stopped and I ran and then I cooked. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. This is a, this is a whole different kind of challenge here. Yeah. Well, this is right. like, <laughs> yeah. And like, you know, in retrospect, we should have done something more with it, <laughs> but you know, it was just, uh, 
you know, let's just do it for fun. And, and your friends did it too. They completed mm -hmm. 13 yep. hours. And, you know, a lot of people started hearing about it and kind of like, you know, they really ran with it as far as, um, you know, they like raised money with it or mm. like awareness and things like that. So it was more useful than us doing it. But hey, it was fun <laughs> and other people got something from it. Well, shout out to TikTok for uh, <laughs> inspiring this 13 miles yeah. and 13 hours Yeah, there's non-dancing content there, apparently. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty awesome because, you know, obviously in your regular half marathons, it takes up, you know, two hours, one hour, mm -hmm. however fast you are, a couple hours mm -hmm. in the morning. Um, there's a whole science to that. But I imagine if, if there's like competitive 13 miles in 13 hours, like... Right. Uh, yeah. You probably have to like meal prep your stuff maybe to yeah. get really efficient right. in, in your yeah. time. Yeah, you got to plan it out. Mm -hmm. You think you'll do it again? Uh, probably not unless <laughs> there's like some cause that I think yeah. is worth doing it for. It I'm not seems... going to do it again for fun. I will say that. Yeah, it just seems like a big pain. Like you said, it takes up the whole <laughs> day. But... Yeah, yeah. Like you, I'd, I'd rather do like maybe three miles at a time you know, or two miles at a time, mm -hmm. but you know, eating up 13 hours is just tough. Um, did you take your dog Zuko, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Zuko? I got a dog and, um, I did bring him on the runs, which was great. Um, he was able to do five or no, he did eight of the 13. Mm -hmm. Um, he did five of the first and then I, I gave him breaks cause he was starting to show some fatigue, but mm. Um, I brought him because he just doesn't like being left behind. So, um, like he'll nice. bark the whole time. So yeah. it's just better than having the neighbors complain. <laughs> <laughs> so I know how old, how old is Zuko now? He is seven. Yeah. Seven months, seven months. Okay. So that's, is that, I don't, I've never had a dog before. That's, is that still a puppy or yeah, let, that's like relatively a puppy. Um, obviously there's like a range of as far as dog energy goes and how to safely do it. But one of the benchmarks is like you can exercise them for five minutes times their months. Okay. Um, and then twice a day. So, you know, he's plenty like old for doing a mile an hour. Yeah. Um, but I do take him on runs. I think he's like my only motivation to run now. And <laughs> uh, in, in this heat, like, you know, we're trying to like run in the morning, so it's not super hot, but I do need to give him some exercise. And so I do bring him on runs and we do maybe three to five miles, which is pretty good. We did have to train up to that. Uh, I'm trying to be safe about it. And of course, like training him in just running straight and, yeah. um, crossing sidewalks and things like that so yeah. i'm like running with like a treat bag and like um yeah you've you been know. really good with like training him and and stuff yeah i've seen yeah. your, your stories like every day you're learning new yeah. tricks and stuff it's right? just like workouts you know like they need workouts themselves physical and mental mm -hmm. so you know even if that's five minutes a day ten minutes a day then um that's what you got to do i think um and you know especially in this pandemic, just being home a lot, you have the time. Like, yeah, yeah. even if that means you like watch a movie and then train him after the movie and then you start another movie, right? Mm -hmm. Like, or in like what I saw online was you can watch TV, right? Just an episode train, watch another episode train. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, 
it also keeps me from just sitting on the couch the whole time. Shout out to Zuko. Yep. So I, it seems like, you know, if anyone out there has a dog as well or a puppy and mm-hmm. you want to go on runs with him or her, like, I feel like when I get a dog, I would, I would love to just go on mm-hmm. runs. And right. It seems like you have that was to. The intent. <laughs> that was the intent. <laughs> One right? of the intents. One of the intents. Motivate you. Yeah. Um, it seems mm-hmm. like you have to ease them into it also. Just yep. little by mm-hmm. little. Take it easy. Yep. You know, just learning how to walk on a leash is kind of how it starts and, you know, starting to jog next to them. But, you know, in the beginning, you're like treating them every like 10 feet that they go while they're next to you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I had to work up to it. And like in the beginning, it wasn't fun. Right. It was just like, OK, stop getting distracted, which he still does. Yeah. Um, but it is much better. And just the distance i think helps him because he's like all right if i pay attention to that i'm gonna get too tired so i'm just gonna keep running great strategy one day uh when i have a dog i'll reach out to you for uh yeah for sure i mean i like that was like i think I, i wasn't really a dog fan until i started like learning about training and stuff and i was like man this is like really cool um and so I, I love the training aspect. So if any listeners want to reach out for training stuff, I, I enjoy it. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm down for it. Word. So, yeah, I think we're going to wrap this up a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, we kind of went to a lot of places in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> we're but, covering too much. <laughs> I think that's just, that's just the beauty of it. And I think it kind of speaks to, to who you are. Um, I think you as a person are – out of all the people I know, you're one of those who really just do themselves. You do what you want to do. You say what you want to say. You be who you want to be. It took me a while to get there, just the heads up to everyone. <laughs> but yeah. It takes a while, but you don't care like what other people think about yourself. Mm-hmm. At least that's how I see it from, yeah. from knowing you. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, you've taken that into the uh, physical fitness aspect of your life too from right. – you know, watching the Olympics, wanting to get into diving when everyone was doing track yeah. to bowling, you know, because mm-hmm. bowling is cool. It's fun and yeah. it's <laughs> cheap in some places Yeah, um, to basketball and then getting into cycling and running. Mm-hmm. You just, you do a lot, you do what makes you happy. And I think in mm-hmm. the past year from what I've seen and in the past couple of years, like running and cycling uh, brings you a lot of happiness. Yeah. And um, in addition to like weightlifting, of course, and then just kind of rounding it all out with Zuko. When I see you going on your runs with Zuko, it's like, I can't help but be like, oh, that's so cute. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So um, if there's anyone out there, like I guess one of the takeaways from this this episode is just like do what makes you happy and don't be afraid Mm, to- Try new things. Try new things, Mm -hmm. yeah. I think- you know, you can say that I don't care what people think, but I need to make me happy first. And um, part of that is figuring it out, right? Like I can try a bunch of things and not enjoy it. Um, I, I picked up a bunch of video games <laughs> during this pandemic and I, I like some, but you know, a lot of the ones that my friends play, I just, I don't enjoy it, right? Whether it's because I suck or I just don't want to put the time in to get better. Like sometimes it just takes trial and error like that. But as you find the things that you're passionate about, just keep putting time into it. Like put your head down and work and don't compare yourself to anyone but yourself. Amen to that. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So I know that, uh, do you have any plugs? If you want to shout out your Instagram or any other 
projects that you've got going on. <laughs> Take the floor. All right. Yeah. So, I mean, for anyone that just wants to contact me, my Instagram is the Janmat, T H E J N M A T T. Um, you know, contact me with dog stuff. I guess <laughs> on that, <laughs> on that you can follow my dog's Instagram, Doodle Prince Zuko. That's an avatar pun. I haven't even followed uh, him. Yet. I'll have to. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to be follow. low key about it. Just like oh. you know, that that natural algorithm. Is this a <laughs> is this a podcastly exclusive? <laughs> you heard it here first, guys. Before Zuko hit one yep. million subscriber <laughs> Instagram followers. Yep. So Doodle Prince Zuko. I post a lot of like dog training stuff on there. Um, and then lastly, I also have a podcast with a couple of my friends. It's called Take This Cup, which is a podcast about bad Catholics with good <laughs> intentions. You know, it's just uh, me and my best friends chatting it up about Catholicism and how it integrates to our lives and what we think is should be like life, to, life today. Um, so that's mm-hmm. Take This Cup. We're on Apple Podcasts and um, Podbean. Yeah, Podbean. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've I've personally listened to the couple episodes of the podcast mm-hmm. and it's it's pretty entertaining. It's a it's <laughs> a good you. show. It's a fun show, <laughs> and um, you guys also usually have some like a beer with you, right? Or like yeah, some coffee yep. or something. Mm-hmm. So take this cup is also like a play on drinks as well. Um, so I am probably like the craft beer guy, um, similar to Jeremy here. Yeah. Um, so on the epi- on the episodes, we generally drink beer, but sometimes we'll have some wine, coffee. Um, or just whatever, right? Juice if necessary. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I'll link up all those links. I'll link yeah. up. That was kind of redundant. I'll put all the links in the show notes below. Awesome. Jan Matt, man of many talents and interests. <laughs> or jack should I say, trades. jack of all <laughs> trades or a uni baller. <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Yep. Thank you so much for being on the show. It was a great yeah. time. Thanks for having and me. You're welcome. We'll have to uh, chat soon. All right. Peace. So that was me and Jan Matt. I hope you enjoyed it. It's been great to see him really get more into cycling and running over the past few years. I believe one of his next big goals was doing his first half marathon, but with everything canceled, I'm sure he'll find some other interesting self-challenge for himself. For those of you out there who are maybe bummed that your races are canceled this year, try to find new, meaningful goals for yourself. Sometimes all it takes is a little creativity and a little push from friends or in Jan Matt's case, a TikTok video. Be sure to check out his Instagram at thejanmatt, his dog Zuko's Instagram at doodleprince underscore Zuko, and his podcast as well, Take This Cup. While you're at it, you can check me out on Instagram too at thetriathletebeat, on Twitter at triathletebeat, and on YouTube at Jeremy Try, where I post vlogs, triathlon tips, and video snippets of the podcast. All of our social media links and more will be posted on this episode's show notes for your convenience. Last but not least, if you enjoyed this podcast episode, please leave a review and subscribe on whichever podcast app that you're using and share it with some friends. It would truly mean so much to me. All right, that's all I have for today. I will see you in the next one. Thanks for taking a seat with the Triathlete Beat.